नमस्ते एंड वेलकम टू द भारत वार्ता वीकली हम रोशन कार्यपा आई हैव नीरव कनोद्रा हियर विद मी एंड टुगेदर विल ब्रिंग यू द न्यूज़ एंड इवेंट्स ऑफ द वीक दैट वाज व्हाट मैटर्स टू यू व्हाट्स रियली इंपॉर्टेंट एंड व्हाई इट इज सिग्निफिकेंट वी आर मिसिंग आवर गुड फ्रेंड अभिषेक पॉल टुडे बिकॉज़ ही इज ऑन अ क्रिसमस ब्रेक एंड ही कुडंट मेक इट इफ दिस इज योर फर्स्ट टाइम हियर ऑन भारत वार्ता वी पब्लिश पॉलिटिक्स पॉलिसी एंड कल्चर पॉडकास्ट फोकस्ड ऑन इंडिया सम फैसिनेटिंग कंटेंट वेरी डाइवर्स स्पीकर्स एंड सो ऑन सो फॉलो एंड सब्सक्राइब टू अस ऑन ऑल ऑफ योर फेवरेट प्लेटफॉर्म्स If you're a returning visitor do consider rating us or reviewing us on these platforms it'll help more people discover our content well we have a lot of things that happened over the week india and pakistan engaged in a war of words at the unsc council infosys the it major is celebrating four decades of existence uh, and it's really a seminal achievement i would say then we had the india china lac confrontation uh, at arunachal pradesh on the defense readiness front uh, the last of the 36 iaf rafale aircrafts uh, reached india uh, and at the same time isro also tested the agni 5 missile and in politics uh, raghuram rajan has uh, finally joined rahul gandhi in the bharat jodo yatra and uh, in the world of uh, sports of course the biggest headline is the fifa world cup finals today on 18th we're going to talk to you about both the teams argentina and france and maybe play a little bit of probabilities as well so nirav a lot to cover how are you doing today all good 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 we can also maybe talk about the episodes that we put out this week i especially like the episode on uh, twitter with uh, ashish chandurkar and amit paranjpe and uh, i like like one insight but actually which amit paranjpe gave right is the difference between like making another twitter only platform right like uh, twitter look like for india which probably ku is there but that doesn't satisfy because you cannot reach out to people the value of the network is in the number of people on it and give a nice parallel example of like uh, tiktok where china came out with another product which wasn't really there it was like a different product and then others have actually try to clone aspects of tiktok so if for like the indian tech ecosystem uh, it's not about creating a me too product right like what china did with closing off its ecosystem so you have like uh, chinese youtube and a chinese twitter and a chinese facebook but what you need to do is create like a original platform where people are there and ashish also added that people attention spans are finite so uh, and i probably believe what we might see Uh, we could see some sort of an aggregator platforms where maybe from different social media feeds takes it up and aggregates and curates as per the person so i don't know it's going to be interesting but that that was like a really nice insightful episode yeah no i think it ties with the fundamental ethos of twitter as well right where you sort of connect over content rather than people uh, right and uh, maybe if you're following artificial intelligence or uh, some kind of politics etc these folks can be well beyond your borders as well right so it definitely makes sense uh, from that perspective to have a sort of a global public square as uh, elon has uh, said that you know twitter will become uh, do check out that episode very wide ranging conversation and it was fun to talk to ashish and amit after a long time on the podcast it's available on all your platforms well with that let's talk about the first piece of news india and pakistan faced off over pakistan foreign ministers objectionable remarks against prime minister modi at a special meeting of the UNSC focused on a global counterterrorism approach india's external affairs minister s jay shankar told the media on thursday that the world perceives pakistan as to quote the epicenter of terrorism as the country still shelters terror groups uh, dr jay shankar said that those who hosted osama bin laden did not have the credentials to sermonize 
and that one cannot have snakes in the backyard and expect them to only bite the neighbors. Responding to this, Pakistan's Foreign Minister Bilawal Bhutto described Prime Minister Modi as, to quote, the butcher of Gujarat and said that uh, these are the Prime Ministers and Foreign Ministers of the RSS which drew inspiration from Hitler's SS. India strongly condemned these remarks, calling it a new law even for Pakistan and reminded them of the events that led to the creation of Bangladesh. Nirav, this is quite a terse exchange, right? Uh, what do you make of this? Well, also, first thing, what Pakistan Foreign Minister Bilawal Bhutto is using is classic bait and switch. So, in the UNSC committee, which is talking about terrorism, where like Pakistan has been known to harbor terrorists, you know that a lot of the Lashkar-e-Toyba, etc., uh, terror groups are present in Pakistan. Osama bin Laden was found in Pakistan. So, you cannot respond to that. So, what do you do? Is you clearly try and make some other false allegations. So, to make one thing look less bad, talk about something more bad and bait and switch and try and throw the ball in somebody else's court, right? But this doesn't solve. So, first, whether whatever Bilawal Bhutto said is true or not, and it's definitely not true, what he has done is he's trying a distraction strategy and two wrongs don't make a right. Whether or not India is whatever it is, we haven't harbored cross-border terrorists uh, where people have gone on and attacked other countries. So uh, it's a completely different statement. And uh, in fact, India is a victim of terrorism, right? So completely, this is what he said was like, I would say bordering ridiculous. As uh, FM Jayashankar said, it is reaching a new low even for Pakistan, right? Even by Pakistani standards. And then finally, I think Jayashankar has been very smart and prudent about it. And uh, he's faced off like in the response about like basically we do not need to give any credibility by responding to the comments of Bilawal Bhutto on PM Modi or on foreign minister or on the RSS itself right because that would just amplify it and give it more media coverage uh, what has to be focused on are the facts of what the problem is which is terrorism and what are the steps to solve it right so I think Jayashankar has been like a he's a seasoned diplomat he knows how to respond well to these comments and he's done that. Uh, these such Making such comments right, uh, actually only kind of reduces Pakistan's own credibility. Another one which Bilawal Bhutto mentioned was uh, trying to virtue signal that they've not been buying cheap Russian oil right, and trying to get into the camp of the West. But India has been opportunistic. India's hands have been tied that India couldn't get weapons from the US to protect against Pakistan. The reason why India is buying Russian arms has been to protect itself against Pakistan and non-state actors which have kind of uh, the establishment's support to say the least in the mildest language, right? So, if anything, India has been opportunistic and India has been open about it. India has not done anything behind the scenes, right? We've just been open about it. So, even these kind of comments is very, uh, I would say, kind of crass and uh, they shouldn't be given too much weightage. Uh, actually, France and England were supporting India for a permanent seat at the UNSC. But obviously, that would get vetoed by China. That is also very well known. This archaic structure of the UNSC, which might have been appropriate in the 1940s, is definitely not. And maybe, I don't know what needs to be done to change it. But definitely, I think uh, such kind of comments are not worth amplifying. Let's Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think for a country that relies on foreign aid and perhaps exports from onions or uh, terrorism as you call it right uh, uh, I, I think pakistan does uh, talk a big game 
uh, you should hand it to, to them for that at least, right? I mean, all these foreign conferences or even the lobbyists and so on that we've, uh, you know, earlier talked about, uh, they do have a lot of uh, clout on that front, right? But yeah, and this is pretty unfortunate, right? I mean, there are certain diplomatic norms and uh, principles, right? I mean, calling the prime minister of another country uh, in such strong words, uh, right, is absolutely not done. And yeah. So another thing is actually what Indian people have actually done, I think, is by protesting outside the Pakistani embassy. And we've actually amplified his comments a lot more, right? <laughs> that more people are aware. Uh, it's a classic uh, Streisand effect. Mention it. Yeah. He's got the response what he's what he deserves uh, from the foreign minister, and I think this is just going to blow off as it is. Yeah, no, and also it might be a uh, an interesting ploy by uh, Mr. Bhutto to sort of curry favor with the Pakistani army and the ISA as well, right? I mean, because that is also very clear that hey, I mean, that's the best way to sort of uh, you know climb up the ranks in the Pakistan political climate at least, right? Uh, is to be very anti-India. Uh, explicitly so. All right, moving on. Uh, Infosys, a company that played a pivotal role in the country's software space, has completed over 40 years in the industry. On 13th and 14th, Infosys organized a mega event to commemorate four decades of excellence. Nandan Nilekani, who is currently the chairman and has played various roles at Infosys, said that Infosys was India's first startup and quipped, I am the last of the jokers left. Uh, started by seven folks, uh, uh, Mr. N. R. Narayan Murthy, Mr. Nandan Nilekani, Mr. S. Gopalakrishnan, Mr. S. D. Shubulal, uh, Mr. K. Dinesh, Mr. N. S. Raghavan, and Mr. Ashok Arora. The company was started with a capital of just 10,000 rupees and has grown into a 6.65 lakh crore company. It operates in over 50 countries and employs about 3.5 lakh employees. Well, Infosys is one of those shining stars uh, in Indian IT, in Indian industry itself, I would say. And, you know, today we have a lot of this startup action uh, and there's so much of enthusiasm and optimism. But I think, uh, you know, the, the folks at Infosys were the sort of great grandfathers of whatever's happening today. Uh, you know, they started that whole IT wave in the 80s and then the 90s and showed that we could compete at a global level on something, right? Today, I mean, Indian IT talent is world class, right? I mean, if you look at top 20 uh, IT companies uh, in the world, I mean, a good number of them operate out of India, right? Uh, have large bases in India, at least. Uh, and this was possible because uh, I think Infosys is more than a company. It's an institution, right? And, you know, I mean, if you look at NRN talk, uh, a lot of the times he talks like a, a sort of statesman, right? Very, very different from the kind of uh, doglapan sort of you hear uh, today, right? I mean, in the startup circles, uh, very coincidentally, that book released as well last week. Uh, and it's a bit ironic, you know, the kind of uh, the chatter that we have at both extremes. Uh, I think Infosys is an institution, whether you look at, uh, you know, corporate governance, whether you look at the fact that they created a, a mass of wealth, right? Like an amazing amount of wealth for employees, uh, you know, lakhs of crores for employees, right? I mean, you hear stories routinely living in Bangalore of, uh, you know, peons and drivers and folks like that who made amazing riches uh, thanks to the Infi grant, right? And uh, that's that's an amazing thing. You know, I've been catching some of these uh, interviews of NRN and along with Sudhamurthy, his wife. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a fantastic, fantastic inspiration for folks to truly build something that outlives all of us, right? Yeah, so fantastic uh, a milestone and I hope it lasts another 40 more years, maybe more than that as well. Uh, NRN has already said that, you know, we should uh, probably look at a 100-year Infosys. 
uh, and the way it's headed who knows i mean it might it might very well happen and and props to the current ceo salil parekh as well i mean he has done a, a fabulous job uh, steering the ship uh, after the whole vishal sikka fiasco before this but yeah congrats uh, to the team and uh, you know very very inspiring Moving on, Indian and Chinese troops clashed on the Arunachal Pradesh mountain border over the past week. Reports of a clash uh, that occurred near Tawang came out on Tuesday. Defence Minister Sri Rajnath Singh informed the Parliament that Chinese troops tried to transgress across the LAC on December 9th to unilaterally change the status quo, but were beaten back by Indian sto- soldiers. He made it clear that the actions were provoked by the PLA and that India has asked China to refrain from such actions and maintain peace and tranquility in the region. Nirav, you know, this LAC, I think, is a seasonal sort of an occurrence, right? I mean, there are transgressions almost on a weekly basis. Should we be worried about this? So, one heartening thing here is, at this time, India has been caught well prepared. And second thing is, see, China is the country with the largest number of land borders and like disputes with even more because they've got like island disputes with Japan, with South Korea, with uh, even Philippines, right? So, they have the strategy, what they call a salami slicing. Try and slowly, slowly uh, capture area and then say that this is yours. Uh, not unlike like in uh, Ramayana, what the Ashwamedh Yagna was, that till your horse runs, that is your land, right? Basically, China is trying to do that kind of a strategy. Second thing is, right now, China is actually opening up from its like zero COVID strategy. You're seeing a lot of other noise. Even Shanghai has started to like shut down schools again, but they've not kind of like put restrictions on people. So you've had, you have some domestic noise, etc. It's a nice distraction strategy as well uh, in your local news, right? And in like uh, Chinese statements, they always claim that, oh, all of this is ours and India is illegally occupying it, right? So there are always two sides to the story and they go on with their narrative. So anyways, see, if you think about it here, India has done a tremendous job on like the border roads organization, the BRO of having very better supply chain, better roads, everything connecting uh, to our border areas, right? We've been maybe a decade or two behind China on this border infrastructure, but we are catching up. So that is one thing. Two is all our troops deployment and the troops are all ready. So this is also like a signal that there's there are not going to be any easy wins for China, right? A lot of people have like tried to kind, whichever way your political leanings are, they've tried to leverage that into their communication. But I think here, as per the videos or whatever is there, because basically you cannot take firearms in within, I think, some two kilometers of the yeah. border. So they've been fighting with like sticks and stones. This is like going like and fists, right? And uh, clubs with nails attached to it, right? This is like probably like really old medieval style warfare. But whatever it is, it is that the Indian troops are well prepared and the borders are being watched properly. So I think it's a probably a small skirmish. Uh, they're always looking for some weak points here and there. So it is what it is. If anything, I would say is for Indian tourists to enable all of this, right? You enable the economy. We all need to go and travel. So Arunachal Pradesh is also on my travel list. I'd gone to Ladakh earlier this year. But only if we go and spend money in those areas, those roads are utilized. If there is like more people around there, this kind of spending uh, fuels all the economy in that area, right? So... Uh, that's also there. And then main thing is local support. If like the locals always feel that they're Indian and then the army and all those guys are respected and uh, we do not get any sort of such incursions, right? So I think that is what is there. And uh, this is just a small face-off. And uh, this also gives a signal back to 
China as well that India is not sleeping, right? So. Yeah, uh, funny you should mention sticks and stones, right? I think there's a company in Uttar Pradesh that has manufactured these tasers that uh, uh, some of the Indian soldiers have been using as well. It's crazy. I mean, you can't uh, take any firearms into that region, as you mentioned. Uh, so this is old school, schoolyard uh, sort of uh, fight that happens, right? I mean, uh, uh, and from what I believe, I mean, it happens very, very regularly uh, as well. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, hopefully nothing to be alarmed about. But uh, yeah, this is just something that uh, the Chinese folks uh, do periodically to kind of keep the tension alive, I suppose. But do you think this will escalate at all, Nirav? I mean, given that, you know, post-COVID, China has kind of played its hands and the entire world is sort of looking at a uh, plus one, if not, you know, move away from China strategy. Do you think that this could be used at any point as uh, something to quell India? So I think this is what they'll try to do. But see, if you look at like whatever the iPhone manufacturing facilities are, they are mm -hmm. far away from Arunachal Pradesh or Ladakh or, right? So that is one thing. Thing number two is that uh, possibly, I think, if anything, what probably is more at risk is uh, Chinese funded either NGOs or those kind of things, which will try and disrupt manufacturing at like Indian manufacturing facilities, either like by funneling money via like, communist unions or some sort of like I think that is what is what maybe China will do I think these kind of military excursions if anything Indian military is much more battle-hardened because of like 75 year dispute with Pakistan right so Indian troops in the mountainous regions also in dealing with like local separationists in the Northeast dealing with like small amount of cross-border terrorism even from Myanmar or like uh, drug trafficking through that border so I think Indian troops are very well uh, battle tested, whereas Chinese troops since like the takeover by the communists haven't really taken part in battles, right? So I don't think that they are, that is of a big concern. If anything, maybe the other concerns where they try and like either change the perception of the narrative about the quality of Indian made products or uh, sort of creating some sort of tensions with the workers, uh, that could be more likely. Yeah. I mean, this is the land of Sun Tzu, right? Who famously said, uh, you should not even fight a war, right? I mean, you should defeat the enemy before that. Well, on the defense front, uh, the 36th and last Rafale fighter jet landed in India after taking off from France. The Indian Air Force uh, confirmed this on Thursday. Out of the 36, 35 had already been delivered and had been stationed in Ambala, Haryana and Hashimara in West Bengal. The 36th plane was held back to conduct developmental activities for ISE. Uh, that is Indian specific enhancement and on that same uh, vein the ISRO conducted the latest operational test of Agni 5 India's long-range nuclear capable surface-to-surface -surface ballistic missile uh, India successfully test fired the nuclear capable ballistic missile Agni 5 and it can strike targets at up to a range of 5,000 kilometers marking a significant boost to the country's strategic deterrence i think this is interesting as well i think icbm missiles the range is around 6000 plus kilometers 5000 is close enough and uh, what i've heard is i mean this uh, means that yeah we can strike mainland china if required right uh, and it's a it's a good deterrence i should say uh, they've reduced the weight as well by about 20% to sort of make this range possible. I mean, uh, this is defense readiness is super important. We're hearing of clashes across the border and whatnot. Hopefully, I mean, it won't really come to that. But I think uh, it sends out a strong message to the world that India is capable if it does come to any of those unfortunate uh, circumstances, right? And uh, man, on that note, uh, ISRO cannot seem to stay out of the news, uh, right? I mean, last week we spoke about uh, their testing the hypersonic missiles. The week before, it was their uh, 
partnership with skyroot and so on so yeah uh, fantastic stuff uh, by isro moving on in uh, political news uh, the former rbi governor raghuram rajan joined uh, rahul gandhi on his bharat chodo yatra currently traversing rajasthan soon the congress party released a video where in classic rahul gandhi fashion he sat and had a chat with uh, uh, mr rajan about the state of the indian economy cryptocurrency where uh, mr rajan predicted a difficult year ahead for the indian economy and that the country had failed to to quote generate reforms needed for growth need of well finally it has happened right we all kind of second guessed that you know mr rajan was political and that he leaned a particular way uh, but it's good to see him uh, out in the open right now well yeah, so see i'll tell you what one is rajan has been like according to me like as a rbi governor despite like his very fantastic credentials was you can say like mildly effective lot of them uh, before him after him everybody's done a great job right uh he was like raised on a very big pedestal by indian media etc right and second thing is that he himself has flip flopped on his communication of what kind of economic reform should india do so while pre being in rbi or while being rbi governor he said one set of things and then after that he was like very much against things like what the pli schemes which were there he was all for uh, saying that oh the government can't do much when Uh, air india was being privatized now when it was actually privatized he said oh but this is not in the interest of the nation that we should have a national carrier so raghuram rajan has flip flop quite a bit which actually tells you that he's got political ideology rather than just being a technocrat right so which clearly was visible as per his communication over a large period of time there's a lot of resentment uh, that he had that his term was not extended that he he came in for a three year term and then after his term ended uh, they did not renew it and then you had another governor so i think this is one one set of things second is see he is like an indian citizen he is free to meet whoever he wants politically if maybe he has an understanding that if congress wins uh, he might be equivalent of a uh, finance minister or even maybe potentially prime minister with say the uh, remote control being held by the gandhi family right and if he is comfortable with that he is uh, well and free to do that right he is an indian citizen he can contest elections if he wants and he can join the political party and fair enough the main thing what i want to like i just highlight is that all his commentary and all like he's been saying that india's push into manufacturing via pli schemes is bad because it lead to climate change like that manufacturing is happening in china anyways india has like a huge trade deficit with china and india has huge excess labor supply then why should it not pursue some uh, sort of reforms or he's been speaking against the farm reforms right which actually was something which he himself said that was needed to improve agricultural productivity so i think what he's done is it's clearly he's got a political lens and nothing wrong with that as well but now any sort of comments which he makes need to be seen in that political lens right that he's speaking as a person who is associated with one political party so maybe he has a political agenda right it need not always be neutral he is a very smart person he is a technocrat uh, he is a distinguished professor in new chicago so i totally see what his point is but now this has come out in the open like you can see the masks are off earlier he was trying to be saying things as an independent uh, commentator right which clearly is off and uh, well good on him like if he wants to join a political party he is free to join one also depends i don't know how many people 
एक्चुअली क्या नेम करंट आर बी आई गवर्नर और हाउ मेनी पीपल विल बी स्वे टू वोट फॉर अ पोलिटिकल पार्टी डिपेंडिंग ऑन वन ऑफ एक्स प्रीवियस आर बी आई गवर्नर ज्वाइनिंग दैट पार्टी राइट सो दैट ऑल्सो डिपेंड्स एंड yeah i agree with you i don't think anyone has a problem with uh, the fact that he has a political opinion and a bias uh, which is fine right i mean indeed i think everyone does but i think it was this veneer of sort of uh, neutrality that uh, uh, sort of frustrated people right i mean he was often quoted as an economist and an economist with big credentials uh, university of chicago uh, and so on right and on a side note i hope you know we get to a point where these kind of credentials are not uh, you know held up in very high esteem right i mean whether it's imf or world bank or whatever else i mean these are good plump posts for sure right but i think there is a lot of indigenous research that is happening and i think we should uh, listen to a lot of the common sense that we have here in india as well we don't know so exactly exactly so that's the other point what happens is sometimes there's a lot of invisible infrastructure in the west because they are at so india is probably at like per capita income what us was over 100 years ago right so there's a lot of invisible infrastructure there's a lot of thing which you kind of take for granted and which is not present in india so it's very difficult to import ideas and copy paste and just implement those and what we underestimate is the value of people growing up within the ecosystem knowing within the system and implementing the changes which this system can handle right so i think that is also very important we've seen that after that uh, with the current rbi governor and even the ones prior to uh raguram rajan right so whether it was dv subara or like uh bimal jalan etc all of them were competent people who grew within the system and uh, finally is what i want to say is we have to think of like institutions we don't have like, we have, we fall for this heroes policy or like a silver bullet oh only if we had one like you know uh, one person who could lead an organization and uh, everything will be right or one silver bullet will solve all problems and that clearly doesn't work you have to carry the whole institution ahead with you and you have to work in a way which this institution functions from bottom up right so uh, that's the other thing yeah all right uh, moving on to the most exciting news uh, fifa world cup finals today france and argentina will be facing off in the final match today uh, i th- i think by the time you guys hear it uh, the results will be out uh, so argentina is looking to add one more star to their jersey as they haven't been able to win the world cup since 86 with maradona uh, and france uh, also with two cups under their belt will try to become the first team since brazil in 62 to win the trophy for two consecutive years nirav are you sort of uh, waiting it out uh, for the finals uh, what what plans for tonight yeah no no so absolutely i'm excited i'll be watching the game uh, i am supporting argentina but like france is like quite a young team uh, they won the world cup last time as well it's kind of almost similar team which is there second thing is most of the players play well together because all of them bulk of the players are from psg right where actually coincidentally messi also currently despite like a long career with barcelona but currently he plays for the french team psg and he and mbappe are teammates there so the french play well as a team the criticism for all south american teams in the last decade or so last two decades has been that all the stars play in the european leagues since very young age and they don't play very well as a team but like messi has shown uh, by like couple of good passes and uh, that he has played quite well uh, despite that first shocking defeat to saudi arabia Uh, Argentina has regrouped quite well and reached all the way to the finals. France also lost their third group match to Tunisia, but that was when they rested all their main players and kind of gave 
a chance because they're already qualified with two wins uh, they give a chance to all the uh, to their bench right so both teams have lost one inconsequential kind of match uh, both are going into the finals for messi probably might be his uh, last world cup hoping that uh, he gets to lift it whereas uh, for mbappe and giroud and the rest of the french team and their team is quite young maybe they have another chance in the following world cup as well right in the us so who knows anyways i think it's going to be an interesting game also it was very heartening to see the semis argentina won 3-0 france won 2-0 right uh, usually in the knockout games in the world cup it's very boring where they play boring defensive football and goes to the penalties right 0-0 and then 120 minutes and goes to the penalties so i hope it's a exciting game with more goals being scored yeah one thing is for sure you're going to see some goals right and that's that's amazing uh, i mean i hope it isn't the brazil germany type of uh, situation uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, mbappe seems to be in supreme touch actually you know and uh, my heart says argentina my brains say uh, france uh, so let's see really what happens but uh, yeah in the last yeah. world cup Argentina and France faced off in the round of 16 and France won 4-3 uh, and I think uh, Argentina was up to one at a time then they scored like three goals made it 4-2 and then 4-3 so like if if we see a repeat of that kind of game that will be like a world cup final for like uh, you know years to remember so yeah hoping for something like that Yeah see the world cup has had its fair share of controversy right from the way uh, qatar was allocated it's not a major football playing nation uh, there are a lot of their uh, players are also like stars which they've taken from like other countries like who were born in africa and other countries there's been a lot of controversy on construction so many stadiums and a uh, lot of labor or cheap labor from the indian subcontinent involved a lot of worker deaths but i think on the whole despite all the controversies the world cup has been held quite well the organization a lot of friends who want to see the world cup that is there i think the problem which qatar might face is after this where do you dismantle it they've said that they will dismantle some of the stadiums and transport it over to some african nations and also like this is like sometimes it's like white elephant infrastructure which is sitting there right uh, who knows maybe uh, qatar can use all these stadiums to host like a few uh games in an IPL or something of that sort right or it becomes another destination like the middle east for cricket as well i have no idea uh, i think despite all the controversies despite everything else right it's gone through quite well and uh, one of the highlights has actually been the japanese fans cleaning up the stadiums after they leave if all of us adopt something like that in our own personal lives right that's a very big message so that's there as well and uh, hopefully the final goes through without any hiccups All right that brings us to the end of the Bharatwarta weekly if you liked what you heard uh, and watched uh, please don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite platform so more people can discover us uh, we have a couple of very good interesting episodes coming up uh, we have an election review by Rohit Jairaman he's going to be talking about the Gujarat Himachal Pradesh uh, elections uh, and the rise of uh, you know various political parties rise and fall of various political parties so that would be interesting Uh, and also i did a wide ranging conversation with uh, nimish and uh, rajiv on the indian startup ecosystem and how 2022 has been for them so both very interesting episodes uh, coming up uh, do check it out on your favorite platforms until next time stay safe take care and jai hind